talking about over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about light. Now, when I was 19 years old, I still lived with my parents, and I had a room. My room was at the front of their house, and they had a burglar alarm that was very, uh, what shall I say, very temperamental. It would constantly go off. If there was ever a spider that would go over one of the senses, it would go off. And guess where the alarm for the burglar alarm was? Right behind my room. Like, my room was here, the burglar alarm was there. So sometimes I would wake up in, like, cold sweats in the middle of the night because the alarm was going off. I felt like I was, like, being interrogated by the CIA or something. Well, one night when I was 19 years old, the alarm went off. And... uh, Most of the time, I would just jump out of bed. I would go downstairs, switch the alarm off. Well, this night, I run to go downstairs, and suddenly, I see a shadow of a person running down the stairs in front of me. And immediately, like, defense mechanism comes in. And I start yelling and shouting. I'm like, oh, you, get out of here. And I start running, running down the stairs. And the faster I run and the faster I, and the more I yell, the more the person sh- runs and the more the person is like trying to get away. And so Alex, being Alex, not even thinking about it, I dived on the person and I get them in like this headlock, right? This, you know, I mean, seriously, this has happened. And I start wrestling with this person while... My mom gets up, she switches the light on, and as soon as the light comes on, I realize I'm wrestling my father. (laughs) I felt stupid. I felt ridiculous. But what I discovered that night, I discovered that if there is a lack of light, it distorts your vision. You can't make out. Sometimes you see shadows, and you don't really know what those shadows are. And maybe when you were a child, and maybe it still happens today and you don't like to admit it, you wake up in the middle of the night and the coat that is like hanging on the chair in your room, you look up and you think it's a monster because the the, the light does not show exactly what it is. Or maybe when you were a child, and this happened to me a few times, I'd leave the window open, the curtains would sway, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I think it was a robber or somebody trying to come and get me in the middle of the night. See, the darkness distorts our vision. And I've always wondered, why can't we as humans see in the night? There's other animals that are out there that they can see perfectly well in the middle of the night. If you, maybe some of you dads want for Christmas some of those really cool night vision goggles. I've always wanted a pair of those night vision goggles. Why is it that in the night vision goggles you put them on and you can see clearly in the night, but with our natural vision, we cannot see at all in the night. And the reason is, is because our human eyes need light to see. Most of the objects around us and the most of the objects that you see around us in this room today, you cannot see unless you had light. And the reason is, it's because light reflects off them. That reflection then goes into your eyes and now your eyes can make out the shape and the depth of those objects. It is because of reflected light. And since darkness is the absence of light, there's no reflection to come into our eyes. 
Take, take the moon, for example. I like looking at the moon. In our house, we have two skylights. And sometimes I'll just sit there at the top of my stairs and I'll look at one of the, the skylights and you can see the moon and the stars. It's really nice. But take the moon, for example. The moon on its own is a dark object. You actually cannot see the moon from earth with your own natural vision. And in the night when you see the moon shining brightly, the only reason you can see the moon shining brightly in the night is because the sun is shining on the moon and the reflection from the light is reflecting back to earth and your eyes see the moon because of reflected light. So when it is dark, it's hard to make something out. Our view is distorted because there is very little light to be reflected. And so if that's how our natural eyes see, then I wonder, how do the eyes of our hearts see? How do the eyes of our mind see? And how do the eyes of our soul see? Our heart, our mind, and our soul, it needs some sort of light to be able to see. See, in this day and age, we we hear a lot, and you see a lot of commercials about people suffering with depression. Depression is a very real reality in this world today. And what a lot of people say who have depression is, I'm in a dark place. People who who have depression, others say they're just in a dark place. And the reason we say that is because we find it very hard if you suffer with depression to find the reflected light of joy in this life. And so you find yourself in this dark place because you can't see the reflection of joy that's in your life at times. And, And if we need this reflected light to see with our lives and see with our eyes, then I wonder how do we see God? If there's a God in this universe, which I believe there is, and it's a God who loves you and cares for you, if there is a God, how do we see God? I mean, as far as I know, nobody I have ever known has actually seen God. But yet, I believe in God. So how do we see God if we can't see Him with our physical eyes? How do we find purpose in life? How do we experience salvation in this life? And I have a feeling it's something to do with light. If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We've got to the place in the Bible where there is a baby called Jesus who was born in a manger to a virgin called Mary. I'm sure most of us in this room this morning know the story of the birth of Jesus. Well, Matthew 2 tells us, in Matthew 2 verses 1 and 2, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men, or other translations say Magi, M-A-G-I, from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So you've got these wise men who came to worship Jesus, also known as Magi. The Magi were a group of people who lived east of Israel. In fact, many people believe that they are from modern-day Iraq or Iran. They came from that far. Ancient Persia, a lot of people believe the Magi came from. 
The Magi were a well-educated group of men who studied science, they studied astronomy, and they studied religion. Many scholars believe that uh, a man named Daniel, who once was uh, uh, a man f- uh, from Israel who was taken captive and he was taken as a slave to Babylon and he rose to the ranks in Babylon. He became the prime minister of Babylon, taught the Magi many of the things of the Jewish faith. Many scholars believe that. And the name Magi is where we get the name magic from. The Magi were known for studying the unknown. Studying the unknown. Studying the things that we cannot naturally see. So one night, as these Magi, they're gazing up in in the sky and they are seeing the stars in in, in, in the sky, they notice this new star that's in the sky. It's a star that they've never seen before. It was brighter than the brightest star in the whole sky. And they immediately started searching their books and their charts. And they realized that this star was a different kind of star. See, the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, it tells us that there will be a star that will rise from Jacob. A star that will rise from Israel. And this will be a star who will be a ruler and a king. And the Magi, knowing the faith of the Jewish faith, and they knowing the transcripts of the the book of Genesis and Exodus and Numbers and, and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, knowing the prophets of the Old Testament, they probably realized when they saw this star, this may have something to do with a prophecy that was given to Moses in the book of Numbers. These Magi understood that where there is light... There is something new to be discovered. They saw a new star, a brighter star. And through their knowledge and their experience, they understood that this light was showing not just a reflection of a star in the sky. It was showing the reflection of a king. And there's a lot that we can learn from these magi. So just in a few moments this morning, we're going to take at a few things that we can learn from these magi, these well-educated men. Some call them wise men. And the first thing that we can learn from them is this. They followed the light. They followed the light. Many of us, we don't like to follow the light. How many of you, when you wake up in the morning, just want to switch the light on straight away? Any of you? Some of you. Wow, I'm impressed. How many of you like to like get acquainted and like open your eyes slowly, make sure it's dark, get some coffee in your system, you know, make sure there's no noise, the kids aren't saying anything, the husband or the wife aren't saying anything, and you want to like mellow into the, into the light, right? That's what most of us like. But the wise men, all these magi, they followed the light. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 2. And verse 2, it said, they said, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. These magi understood that you cannot discover anything unless you have light. You can't discover anything in the darkness. You, you, can, you can feel around and try to, to, to make out what something is in the darkness. But without the light, you really cannot discover anything. 
This past August, we went, we took a mission trip to Nicaragua. And we had a great time, but the place that we were staying was very remote, and there was very little light at night. Sometimes the power went out, and the only way that we could get power was when the generator came on, and they only ran the generator for certain times uh, throughout the day. And so, at night, it was very, very dark. And so what they told us, they said everyone's to bring a flashlight. And so... Everyone had a flashlight, and our cabins where we slept were here, and the bathrooms were in another building here. It like reminded me of going to my grandmother's when I was like three years old, and she had like this outhouse that was like you had to go to. I mean, trust me, you people who've never experienced an outhouse, think yourself lucky. I mean, in the middle of the night, imagine getting up cold and having to go to the end of the yard to go to the bathroom. It's not good. Well, this is what it was like in Nicaragua. It was great. We had a great time. But some of the conditions were sometimes a little harsh for us Westerners. And so what you would have to do, you would get up out of your bed. You would put the lights. You would get your little flashlight and you would walk along the path. And they made paths that you could walk along. And the reason that you needed a light and you walked along the path is because there were lots of scorpions and snakes and ants that like to feed off your flesh. Ask Cody Tanner. He experienced one night, put his feet on the ground, and he was like, ah. and uh, it was uh, ants coming up. And then the next night, I think he picked up his underwear off the floor and there was a scorpion in it. That would have been hilarious, by the way. And... <laughs> Sure, Rachel wouldn't have appreciated it. But anyway, so, so you have to use the light. And the reason is, is because the light would show what the darkness was trying to hide. So you could see your way and go where you needed to go without being harmed. You know, I love lighthouses, and I love to go to places that have lighthouses. And where I'm from in, in, in England, on, on the coast, there's lots of lighthouses. And I love to look at lighthouses. But the whole purpose of a lighthouse was to shine the light in the dark so that the ships in the sea wouldn't get too close to the rocks. They would keep them from danger. And it is only through following the light that you will be able to see what the darkness hides. And these magi, they knew that there was more to be learned, more to be experienced, and more to be discovered in this life. And I tell you, this Christmas time, for your life, this isn't it for your life. Did you know there's more to be experienced? There's more to be learned, and there's more to be discovered for your life. I don't believe God has finished with your life. I believe God has got greater uh, and mightier things for your life. But it's only from following the light that you'll be able to see that. Walking around in the darkness leads to confusion. That's why we must follow the light. Did you know there is a light that shines in the darkness? Wise men follow it. And you need to be wise and follow it this Christmas time as well. The Magi followed the light. The second thing the Magi realized, they realized that they knew that the greater the light, the greater the reflection. The greater the light, the greater the reflection. Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 2, it says again, Where is the newborn king of the Jews, they asked. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. 
They were talking to a king called King Herod, who reigned over the region of Judea at the time, the place where Jesus was born. And it says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when they heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of his leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? The Messiah was going to be the savior of Israel, the one who came and saved the people of Israel. And the the leading priests and the teachers, they said, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for that is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For, your, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Did you know that bright lights are not to be ignored? If you, the, if you tonight decide to take a drive to northern Harford County, and you go up to northern Harford County, and maybe you go up to a high area in northern Harford County, and you look back towards Bel Air, you're going to see a glow. You're going to see a glow of lights from Bel Air. And that glow of light, it speaks of life. It speaks of humanity. It speaks of inhabitants. The more the glow, the bigger the city is. And the Magi, they saw the star as it rose. And it was not like any other star. It was bigger. It was brighter than any of the other stars. And they understood this, that the greater the light, the greater the reflection. As the Magi started searching their books and their manuscripts for the meaning and the purpose of this star, they stumbled upon the words of Micah, which are given here in Matthew chapter 2. And Micah, who was a prophet, said that a ruler, a king, is going to rise out of Bethlehem. The Magi knew that the star that they saw wasn't just reflecting normal light. It was reflecting the light of a king. It was reflecting the light of a ruler. It was reflecting the light of a Messiah. The one who the world for centuries had been waiting for, they saw with this star that he had come. Yet it was only through the reflection of this light that they could see. The Messiah was the one who was going to come and bring salvation. The Messiah was the one who was going to be the hope of the world. And these magi saw the hope of salvation through the eyes of their mind through the eyes of their heart and through the eyes of their soul. And they saw this light. And they realized that if this light is so great, it must be reflecting something great. The last thing that the Magi experienced, or the Magi, we can learn from the Magi, is this. The Magi experienced real enlightenment. They experienced real enlightenment. Matthew chapter 2. Verses 9 to 11 tells us this. After the interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, 
and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, the word enlightenment is a very common word in this day and age. People are searching for enlightenment. Spare me a moment. Let me get this off. People are searching for enlightenment. This word enlightenment, it comes from the 17th century of an intellectual movement in Europe. And it was people who pursued reason and individualism instead of tradition. And what people are saying when they're saying they want to experience enlightenment is that all they've experienced a time of enlightenment in their life. They're saying, now I can see what I once could not see. And the Magi, in that one moment, they came and they went to the place, the house where Jesus was. And as soon as they saw him, they bowed down and they started to worship him. The place where the baby who was called Jesus was, suddenly in that moment, they experienced real enlightenment. This wasn't just the enlightenment of an intellectual theory or the enlightenment that many religions promise to give. This was real enlightenment. It was the enlightenment of joy, the enlightenment of seeing a king, not just any king, but seeing the king of kings. For their first response was to bow down and worship. For their eyes had been enlightened by the light reflected off the star. But now the sight of the one that we call the light of the world, Jesus Christ, had enlightened their hearts and their souls. And this Christmas time is a time where you can feel real enlightenment. Not the enlightenment that many books or, or, or many DVDs or CDs may give you of some, some, some person who has come up with a new theory. Not the enlightenment that many religions in this world may say that they can give you. But real enlightenment, seeing real light, and that is the light of the world. You know, we live in a dark world. All around us is artificial light. Even in this place this morning, there's no real light. It's a little glimpse from the outside. But everything you see here, all these lights, they are artificial lights. And for, this, for, this, for centuries upon centuries, the Jewish people had lived in the artificial light of tradition and religion. For all their lives, the Magi had lived in the artificial light of trying to find reason and purpose through education and astronomy. Yet there is a real light. Not an artificial light, a real light. And we call this light the light of the world. This is the light that will help your eyes see. It will help your heart see. It will help your mind see. And it will help your soul see. It is the light of hope, the light of joy, 
the light of peace and the light of love. This light has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus, the light of the world. The Bible tells us that there will be one that will come. His name will be Emmanuel. Meaning God with us. This light, the light of the world. He has come and you know what he shows? He shows the reflection of God. So that we can see God. It is through Jesus that we see God. We see the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the peace of God, the joy of God. It is through Jesus that we see all the attributes of God. And it's through Jesus that we see that there is a God who cares. A God who loves. And a God who desires an intimate relationship with you. This star that the Magi saw in the night. This light that they saw, it still shines today. It shines in the hearts of men and women. And it shines so that we can see God. This season of light, this season of real enlightenment is a season where you can experience God yet again. Maybe for the first time, maybe you haven't experienced God for a while, but you can experience God. And if you want to experience God, then it's time to follow the light. Wise men do it. So should you. Let's bow our heads in prayer.